0: So amazing to have you with us today. My name is Daryl, and and it's such a privilege to have you here today, uh, worshiping and praising God with us today. And if you are here for the very first time, uh, we love it that you've chosen to come here this morning. So, So come on, Elam family, can we put all our hands together to welcome all our guests? So good that you're with us. Fantastic. Love it. Love that you're here with us today and I want to make a special note before we get into our next part of our our service today, um, uh, the message that I've got on my heart for you today, I want to draw your attention to two blue barrels in the, in the middle of our for you here. And, and that's our count me in barrels and or, or center our stations. Uh, and on there is some Bibles. Now they're free Bibles. If you don't have a, a Bible that you can pick up in your hand and it has pages in it, uh, you can, yeah, please feel free. Those are our gift to you. Uh, please feel free to grab a Bible, take it home. Uh, here's one tip. They are all blue. So you need to write your name in it if you want to keep on to that same Bible. But please feel free to grab a Bible There as well. Well, uh, here at Elon Christian Centre in Pukekohe, we we exist to be a centre of hope, to reach, to serve, to influence our community, our world for God. And yesterday was a phenomenal day. Uh, over 122 boxes getting delivered in the Waiuku, Tuakau, Pokeno, Poukoukou in our backyard and our community uh, by people uh, in this building here today, by support services delivering to families in need. Uh, on Monday, tomorrow, there's some more boxes are going to be going out where the police will take them, deliver them to families that, uh, that they know are just really, really struggling. So, so I, I want to say just uh, on behalf of, of our church... Thank you. Told you it was going to be a long one. But thank you so much for your generosity and your heart for our community. Out of everything else uh, in, in our world and everything we do, it's all about people, right? It's great to have nice things, but people are struggling out there right now for whatever reason. Uh, we're not called to, to, to point the finger or judge. We're just called to love them and, and do our best to show kindness and compassion to people. Eh? So, so, thank you so much, everybody. It was such an incredible, uh, incredible day, and your generosity made that happen. Those videos, uh, families getting reached and, and touched, it, it was you, you did it. You, you did that. Your giving, your generosity made that happen. All right, come on, let's, let's continue with our Christmas story. There should be no more crying from here, but let's see, see how we go today. We're going to pick up this story, the Christmas story from in the book of Matthew. Uh, and Matthew was one of the 12 apostles, uh, and he wrote the book called Matthew, just in case you didn't pick that one up there. Now, uh, blue Bibles, go and grab your Bible there, but Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 to 12, uh, on the big screen here, you can follow along with me, it says this. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the... Time of King Herod, Magi or wise men or wise people from the east came to Jerusalem and they asked this question Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? Uh, We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. Uh, When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them another question where the Messiah was to be born. That, that Messiah is Savior. Uh, savior, another word there is well for Jesus the Christ. Uh, where is the Messiah to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea. Uh, they replied, for this is what the prophet had written. Uh, but you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out Found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. So he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. Uh, As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. Verse 9 After they had heard the king, they went on their way, uh, and the star that they had seen when it arose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed on coming to the house. They saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, of frankincense, and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, uh, they returned, that's the wise men, they returned to their country by another route. This morning, we're just going to unpack a few thoughts uh, around this. Now, there was a couple of questions in there that were asked, and we're going to dig into that a little bit more, and then we're going to see one of the answers that was given, but it's not what you expected to happen. Uh, And and it's kind of a bit like anyone here uh, as a kid, or maybe you've still got kids, and you play hide and go seek, play hide and go seek, ready, Uh, like three, two, one, Coming, ready or not. Uh, you know, and sometimes when the kids are really little, they kind of give. After five seconds, they give up, and you find them like straight away, and and, and or, or they hide so well, so well that it takes about three days before you actually find them. Uh, and, and and it's like hiding go seekers, one of those games where when you intentionally like 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 hide and uh, and and you expect people to find you, right? But sometimes they're hidden in and places where you just never expected to find them. And I kind of want to picture this, this story today as around there's a bit of hide-and-go-seek going on here uh, in this story. And as we roll up to Christmas, I want to show you one of the most important elements of this Christmas story, the real gift of Christmas, and that not only impacts our life the, the, and the history and the, the historic narrative of, of the Bible, and, but it impacts our lives and our world today. It's alive and it's real and it can change your life today. And, and, and so when I look at this passage of Scripture, and, and I read this part of the Christmas story, uh, there's two questions here that we're going to have a quick, quick look at this morning. And the first question that was asked in this story was from the, the Magi, or the, the wise people, the, the wise men. And they asked, where is the one born King? Where is the one born King? And and they were, they asked, they were saying, there's a title, there's a person here with this title, we're looking for him, and, and as you know, they followed a star, and that was the only thing they had to, had to follow, and, uh, and they were looking for the one who had been given the title of a king. And, See, a person who had the title of a king was, you, you would expect to maybe have a crown or, or, or to have a, have a throne or to be, you know, have a whole entourage behind them and, and, and you know, find clothes and, and, like, have power and authority. The, the title w- was what the Magi, the, the people were, were looking for. And, and I want to kind of suggest that that through this season of Christmas right now that, uh, that you and I in our world today, we, we, we look for titles too. Titles are important to us. You know, like we've got to get that promotion. Let's go from being, being, being a cleaner to the next level. Let's go from the, the next level to being the boss, so I can boss everybody around, so I can be the king of my castle. You, you know, we, we look for titles. We, we work hard hard for titles and, and, and also like climbing that ladder. We, we look for those things of fame and even even fortune, but Uh, But the time around when when this was all written, kings, when there was another king on the uh, uh, in your in your country and on your district, you you, if you were the reigning king of that town, you you kind of like felt pretty insecure right then. There's another king. Did you hear? Have you heard? There's another king. What, what do you mean there's another king? And, and, and it's like the, the insecurity of the time where, where there was another king, where you would go out and fight that king and take him out because you're the only king, you're the bomb, you're the boss around this place. Uh, this is my town, this is my country. And, and kings at that time, you, as you read Scripture, it feels like every other chapter, there was a king and there was a battle and there was a fight. There was another king and there was a fight and there was a battle. Because at that time there, it was, it was such, a, such a time where, where kings were just like threatened by someone else that was coming. And, and the magi come and they say, where is the one born the king? And, and King Herod was, was in charge at, at that time. So his ears obviously like pricked up. What do you mean there's a king? <laughs> well, there's another king. Where? <laughs> where, where is the And so they, as they, he tries to get in on the act, and he asks the second question here, uh, which is King Herod asks, So, where is the Messiah born? So, the Messiah, as, we, as I mentioned before, is, uh, is the Savior. It was like his, his, his purpose, what he came to do. And, and King Herod asked more about his purpose. What was this king that was here, the one who's the, the Messiah? Where was he born? He was, where's the place? Okay, there's a king. I know there's a title. There's another king. It's not me. So let's find out, where, find out where he is. And we'll try to go and pay him a visit. Yeah. See, there's a place. Uh, in this Christmas story, one of the things that struck me is that, that if you know much about this, uh, this Christmas story of Jesus at all, is there was no palace. Like, like King Herod wasn't looking for another palace. He wasn't looking for a, another kingdom or, or a throne room where a king would be sitting. He, he, he's looking for the place to maybe go and pay uh, this newborn king or the saviour a visit. And the interesting thing about this is that in the times that, of, of that we read about in Scripture, that, that kings not only were like a military leader like a government leader, but also a spiritual religious leader. So this guy is feeling pretty threatened about now, right? There's another king, is he going to come and take my kingdom? Ah, what? He's a messiah, he's a savior, you're going to save people? You know, that's my job, King Herod, that's me. And and this whole narrative is is unfolding at this time, And, and, and Herod wasn't really that happy at this moment, and and, and see, he was looking. So he looked for it. Where's this place? Where's this palace? Where's this, this person? And there's two questions and only one answer. And they found the Magi. They found what they were looking for, but not where they were expecting to find a king. Two questions, one answer. Here's the answer. And verse uh, number three. And the wise men followed the star, and they saw there is a child with his mother. They found a relationship between a child and a parent. They found the one born, the king of the Jews. And they found the place where the Messiah was to be born. They worshipped him and they brought him gifts. He wasn't in a palace. He wasn't in a nice house. He didn't have a crown on his head. He didn't have a royal robe. They found him in a relationship. We're like, like a mum and a baby. This is the one, they see. And, and amongst all our Christmas stuff and thinking and busyness right now, I, I really wanted to, to have this discussion or unpack this, that, that titles are, are wonderful. Titles are great. Places are, are great. But essentially, outside of all of that stuff, it is about the simple... Purity of relationship. Yeah. And, and isn't it fascinating that it, that it just says that, and they found mother with child. I, like it doesn't get more simpler than that, does it? There's care and there's, there's love. And, and these three magi, they, these people, they come and they bring gifts and start to worship Jesus because they'd found that's the greatest gift this Christmas is relationship. And we're going to unpack that some more, knowing the King and knowing the Savior. A few thoughts, here we go. His name, His name gives us identity. His name gives us identity. See, Scripture tells us that Jesus was given the name that is above every other name. Somebody better say amen at that. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Servant King. He is Emmanuel, God with us. So so how does Jesus give us identity? Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, it says this. It says, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of his mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. When you look at your family this coming Christmas, maybe you're, you're hanging out together, or you, this thing's called family traits, right? We all have them. Some are good, some are not so good, and some are just like, that's the other person, uh, and you're, you're trying to forget it. But, but, but in, in our family, like there's family traits. Like, uh, I have one particular daughter who may be here today, uh, sitting in the front row, and, and she would always, always have her hands like she, when she just, she just had her hands like this, and, and she would just like whenever she's she just like looking at things and, you know, looking at the sky. She just had her hands like that. My mum. Did exactly that same thing. There's probably 50 years difference in that, and their age groups there, but but it's a family trait. That's from my mum down to this one, <laughs> this one here. <laughs> uh, and, and and I, I was shocked uh, the other day that my. Uh, Our middle daughter Taylor, who's pregnant, having, uh, had the the 21 week scan, right? You get the picture, you get the little video, uh, absolutely amazing. And one of the other things my mum used to do was would sleep with her arm over, you know, sleep with her arm like this. One of my other children, who is also here in this building, but not in this room, uh, sleeps like that. Family traits. But wait, there's more. Another generation, on the scan the other day, this little baby sitting inside of a tummy with this <laughs> Family traits. It's actually something that's in you, right? Like, like I, I choose to believe that we have a family trait too, that we love chocolate. That's passed down from my father my, uh, as, as well. So I'm endeavoring to pass that trait on. Uh, so if anyone uh, feels like oh, I ate too much chocolate, it's my father's fault. He gave it to me. Nothing to do with me. But those traits, are our DNA, our culture, even as family, it's in us. It's something that's in us. And, and some of those resemblances, some of those little things that we all do uh, can pass down through many, many generations. Uh, and when you see it, you know it straight away, right? Uh, especially the, the naughty things in our kids, right? That's from your mother. <laughs> that's from your side, not mine. And, and it's the same, and, and, and what Jesus has done for us, and His, uh, he, his name gives us identity, and, and get this, here's some amazing names uh, that God calls you, and that He names you that through Scripture, and I, I'm going to read some out for you shortly, and, uh, and, and, and that's the result of you being a follower, or someone who follows Jesus Christ, it, it's like the family traits uh, that are inside us. So, so listen carefully, because there's some amazing uh, gems in here and, and that will help you with identity. 14 names that God calls you, each one. Here we go. You are called the righteousness of God. You are called new. This is, this is, you can go and check this out later from Scripture. You are called new. Uh, and he says you are called new because you're no longer a slave. You're no longer a slave to your parson. You are new. You are God's workmanship a masterpiece you could turn to the person beside you and go you're a masterpiece why don't you try that now, now, now that your second choice you could turn around and say that to them as well the second yeah, okay. yeah. you are called redeemed God calls you his child that you're adopted. You're not an orphan. You're not alone. He's adopted you into his family. He calls you holy and blameless. He calls you blessed. He calls you chosen. Get this? He calls you royal. This is Scripture. You need to check it out afterwards because this is the, this is the seed that's in us. If, if you love Jesus, if you've committed your life to Him, Christ is in you, I believe, as Scripture tells. And so there's all of these family traits that are in you that are available to you and can change the way you behave and you act and how you push through tough things how you walk through grief and, and difficult situations. Why? Because it's in you. You are called a royal. You are his own special people. You are called a, a, a priest. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You are called victorious. His name for you is light. His name for you is forgiven. And get this, his name for you is salt. <laughs> cool, salt. What do you mean by salt? You are the salt of the earth. You can change things not because of your own strength or your own doom, but it's because it's what's in you that changes you. It's Christ being in you that gives us identity and the hope of glory. Second thing that I see in here is his name makes us family. His name makes us family. Some of you who are probably over 40 or maybe 50 or even a little bit more will remember this name called uh, Sister Sledge. Can you remember that? She had a most famous song that said, we are family. I've got all my sisters with me. We are family. Don't sing. Don't sing it with me. Just keep quiet. <laughs> Sister says, she talks about, about family, how we are family, and it's the name of Jesus that makes us Family. And how, how does he do that? Well, Ephesians 1 verse 4 to 6 says this. It says, He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to, to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted and the beloved. You know what they say. You can choose your friends, but you can, can't choose your family. You can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. See, God's plan for you, and I was, was always to be a family. Not, not just friends. Sons and daughters under the name of Jesus adopted into his family. There, there's no orphans in the kingdom of God. Doesn't mean we don't feel lonely at times or we don't feel like we're lost or we've been abandoned, but, but my Bible, my, my, the word of God teaches us that. If you love God, you're giving your life to him. It's like the automatic thing that happens is, we are family sisters, brothers, everyone, including me, and you, we become adopted into the family of God because of the name of Jesus, what, what he did for us, uh, and, and it's a place of belonging, it's a place to call home, it's a place of acceptance, and, and here at Elam, one of the, the greatest things I love about Elam, and we're, we've worked so hard over the seven years that we've, that we've been going, and is to is to make sure that as a church, we're going to do everything we can to just welcome everyone as family. Welcome everyone as family. And and why do we do that? Not, not just because that's we you know we've got bubbly people or we're but we're friendly. Not, no, because we, we we believe in what the word of God says that under God we are we are one family. You're, you're adopted into this family, and, and so we want to show that we want to welcome every person. My, my goal is that you shouldn't be able to get out of your car and into your seat here without being welcomed at least two, three times, if not more. That's the goal. Simple things. Maybe it's the, uh, it's the East Cape wave. Do you know what the East Cape wave is? It's your eyebrows. Just... <laughs> East Cape wave. Maybe it's a handshake. Maybe it's a smile. Maybe it's an encouraging word. But, but here in this family, in this, we're, we're going to welcome people as family, whether we know them or not. Because that's who we are. That's how we roll in this church. Band, you could come. Now, third final thing is this, is that his name gives us relationship. His name gives us relationship. He come to save the world, not to condemn it. He come to rescue us, not to abandon us. He come to give us hope, not despair. See, having a close relationship changes the relationship. See, here's the thing. A relationship with Jesus Christ gives you access to the King, the power and the authority of the King. Having a relationship with Jesus also gives with the title. Having a relationship with Jesus gives you access to the Saviour. It's in relationship. It's in close relationship that we See, the wise men who found Jesus in a stable, they didn't find a king on a throne or in a palace. They didn't find a Messiah in a, in a temple, in a, in a holy place. They found him with family. They found him in a relationship with his mom. And I just want us to, in a moment, we're going to start to close this service and but I just want to pray for some people right now. and Then I want to give an opportunity, if, if you're here today, and you might not know Jesus, and you have kind of working out what, what was he going on about today, what's Daryl talking about today. I want to give an opportunity, if you're here today, to say yes to Jesus if you'd like to do that. We don't embarrass anyone. We do that really sensitively. But, but can I ask right now, why don't you close your eyes and bow your heads right now, right, right across this place right now, been Remembrance Sunday today. We, we do a lot of remembering this time of the year, right? We remember ones who aren't with us. We remember ones who have passed away or, or can't be with us from distance. We, and sometimes that's painful, that's not easy. And we have questions, right? Right like, we, we can have questions through these, this season that, that can kind of consume us. And, but, but I want to pray right now for, for you and your families and that you would truly know the joy of and the peace of this Christmas that only Jesus Christ gives us. You know, sometimes we can't work it out in our minds. We can't rationalize it. But one of the names... Jesus is he is the Prince of peace. And he's come to give you peace this Christmas. He is Emmanuel God with us. He's come to be with you this Christmas. So I have your eyes closed. Father God, right across this place right now. Lord, I pray for the power of Jesus Christ that He did come to be king, but He didn't look like a king he came come to be the Messiah, to, to be the Christ to save us, but He wasn't born in a flash place. But He'd come to have a relationship, a living, breathing relationship with each one. And so, Father, right now I pray for, for people as they, as they head into this coming week, Lord God, of not quite sure what to feel, what to think, Lord, I pray, would you, would you pour out your Spirit upon each one right now? Holy Spirit, would you come with your peace, with your rest, with wisdom? Father, I pray, would you would you come right now? Lord, even highlighting some of those things, oh God, that, that are like a family trait that really need leaving behind, oh God. Father, I, I just pray just for the gentleness of who you are and with the power of who you are to come and to speak and to settle hearts in Jesus' name.